Can you hear me? Yeah. You're too loud for me. I can hear you, though. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Apparently, Riley doesn't know how to get on to the podcast, everyone. (laughs) You guys, that's not true. Okay. Let's let's go back to your text messages and how many times I have to send you one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, listen. I don't care if it's kind or not. (laughs) Okay. Okay, all right, let's start. Anyways, welcome everyone to Tea Play Helps Podcast. I wanted to dedicate this podcast to a really beautiful soul that I met through a TV show, Euphoria. Sadly, he passed away yesterday, Angus. I think it's Angus, no? Angus Cloud, yes. Yes, Cloud. Greatest, like... Actor, I'm so sad, but yeah, he passed away from overdosing, which <sighs> I think every celebrity is passing away from either overdosing or suicide at this rate. So, yeah, yeah it was kind of sad. I got like multiple text messages from like everyone because they know I just people just know me really well, so they know that I watch that show. And I, he's my favorite character in Euphoria. And if you haven't seen Euphoria, um I would say watch it with caution because it can trigger you especially if those people that deal with like sexual content um not sexual sexual trauma has a lot of sex in it but it's it has a lot of like truth behind a lot of things but (laughs) we're gonna miss you Ames Club Take a moment, take a moment. Yeah. I'm so sad. Zendaya posted about him today, and I was just like, oh my gosh. I don't really like Zendaya, but <laughs> heartbroken. <laughs> I'm not why a fan of Zendaya. You, wait, why don't you like Zendaya? What I think Zendaya is, I don't know, I just don't like her. Okay, fine. I mean, she plays an ex- like amazing role in Euphoria, right. but I'm not a fan of her. Right. I'm not oh, sending a lot of celebrities. Enough. Celebrities can go die and shrivel in a hole for all I care. Oh, well, there are a few. Well, the thing is, Inga's Cloud was a different type of celebrity. He didn't yeah. grow up in stardom. Mm-hmm. There's difference between celebrities that grew up in stardom, and then there's difference between celebrities that didn't grow up in stardom. He was found right. on the street. And just, like, the way he grew up and like the trauma he experienced mm-hmm. you could like just tell it was real trauma and like I don't know just there's certain celebrities that I can like connect to that I just think are really amazing like hate Demi Lovato because I think Demi Lovato is a fake when it comes to being sober as a celebrity I think she's a horrible example of sober sober sobriety, um, sobriety thank you She's a horrible Sorry. example. Mm. Um, so I don't support her. There's a lot of people I don't support. And then I also don't support a lot of celebrities because I am into that, you know, non-double gang gang. <laughs> so I also am into all that crap, which is being shown more. Right. So 
the elites. I'm not into the elites, um, which I think is like a true thing. Like in the Book of Mormon, okay, now this is a weird beginning of our podcast, but I have to talk about it. But like in our Book of Mormon, in the Book of Mormon, it always says like secret combinations and groups will be like exposed in the last days. Well, there you go. The elites. There you have it. Like, there's nothing like crazy. I think celebrity, Hollywood, and like the government is just like nasty. Just a nasty world that nobody wants to know about, you know? Like, I yeah. could care less about their world, but I also hope it burns to hell at the same time. Yeah, what? you can quote me on that. I don't care. Hollywood is a is a tragic game of it's just people sure. that are people that you know want to be famous and will just so, sell their soul for anything and it's just sad you know and then you have those people that don't sell their souls that you know get shamed or get um blamed to believe in god like you china I don't know if you know China. Um, uh-huh. What's his name? Rob, uh, Rob Kardashians? Maybe no, I'm not talking about the Kardashians. <laughs> Kardashians is the biggest elite family there is. Um, what's their fucking... What's his name? Oh, it's a Liam. Not a Liam. It's a... Hemsworth? It's Chris. Not Chris Hemsworth. It's Chris Pat Pratt. 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 Yeah. Chris Pratt. Love him just because he talks about God all the time. I mean, like, it's not like he, like, stands up against, like, Matt Damon stands up against Hollywood. And there's just certain people I like and certain people I don't. But, you know, I do. We are sad that Angus Cloud is gone. We are very sad. How do you feel about. I'm never, never, sorry, I'm never watching it for you again. I can't. <laughs> On that note, how do you feel about Henry Cavill leaving The Witcher? Um, I think he's a great like person. He gives me good vibes, but like as a Witcher, I think he's amazing. Mm-hmm. But like personally, would I ever want to meet him or do I care about him? Not really. And I already know you're gonna ask me that question, and you already know my answer. I already know that answer. I don't think I'm going to watch The Witcher anymore. Oh, I'm definitely not watching The Witcher. I haven't even started the new season because I'm sad. Because I'm sad they took him out. Let me just tell you, the very last episode that he's in, they did him dirty. Like, dirty. I don't want to know about it because I already know they did. They did him so dirty. Like, it is nothing like the book at all. And I was like, Mm -hmm. ugh. Well, that's why that's why he left because the writers were going away from the Witcher books and away from the path that they were supposedly supposed to go through. That's why he left the Witcher because he didn't want to play um, a main character in such a big franchise. Because man, the Witcher is a huge game. Like my brother has played every single one of them, and like it's huge. And there, the people were riding away from it, so that's why he left. And also, he's going into a bigger game series that's huge franchise as well. 
gaming mm-hmm. wise and he's helping them create Warhammer? their story yeah Warhammer well, his, his girlfriend's producing it which I find highly hmm. I don't care <laughs> I don't care about his girlfriend like really I mean I think a lot of people get give me like my brother always why do you always have to post about Rihanna even though I know Rihanna's an elite I know Rihanna's not like the best person but I just think <laughs> what about Rihanna? I'm gonna because I already know people are gonna be listening to this podcast and be like, well, she loves Rihanna. She's an elite. Yes, Rihanna's Please. probably an elite. She probably believes in the double, a hundred percent. Like Leave free Rihanna this. <laughs> but the thing Leave is like No, we're not gonna leave it out because everyone's gonna be like exposing me like, oh my gosh, it's <laughs> was against the elites of the Hollywood, but her number one fan, Rihanna, is like blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Shut up the fuck. Shut the fuck up, everyone. I understand what you're saying. I hear you. So I'm going to get it ahead of time. I like Rihanna because she is just a badass bitch. There are just some celebrities that are just like, they say it how it is, Mm -hmm. and they just live their life. There you go. That's why. Wow. Did she hit Chris Brown first? 100%. Did she hit Chris? I was like thinking about that yesterday. I was like, damn. I was like, I'm because she's going. I'm like, oh right. Did she fuck up Chris Brown's life? A hundred percent to get her clout. Yes, a hundred percent. But listen, he got famous too, but just in the the worst way, you know. <laughs> Poor Chris Brown. Poor trauma. Right, Honey has yeah. trauma. He uh, Honey has trauma forever. I mean, Rihanna, did he just bought, did she just pop him real good? Yeah, 100%. Like, come <laughs> on, she's from the islands. She's American. You know, she's, she's ready to fight. <laughs> A heated argument, 100%. If I was in that situation, would I pop my boyfriend 100%? <laughs> I'd be the one to bail your ass out of jail, too. I'd be like, oh. <sighs> Back in the day, back in the day. If it was back in the day, 100%. I've grown up a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Where I won't attack anyone anymore. Anymore? Anymore? (laughs) I only attack with words, not my fists. Talk with love of words. Um, but yeah, we're we're what dedicating this podcast to Angus Cloud because you are homie and we miss you. Really, rather I told you you can't do that. You have to be sitting in just a quiet place when we do podcasts. Sorry, you guys, she's new to this, as you can tell. I'm sitting in a quiet place. Yeah, but everyone, you can't move because everyone can hear that in the background. It's not good content, bitch. Oh, fine. I'll just leave my food on the table. Oh. Back into my room. How are you going to eat during our podcast, too? I wasn't going to eat during our podcast. Okay, anyway. Um, hey, how many people have viewed podcasts so far? Last episode. Um, one. Is it just you? Was it you? No. Not yet. Bye. Okay. Because I don't, I don't listen back to my content. I just leave it there, and I'm too scared to listen to my voice, because <laughs> I know I fuck up all the time, because everyone that does have podcasts, 
listen up losers that want to do podcasts it's a lot of work but everyone that does that's famous influencer with a podcast they have a script and shit and they have like all this stuff yeah ain't ain't my life ain't my life i have a story for you though totally adhd random talking about influencers and yo listen 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 so i was like (laughs) i was on my for you page on tiktok for some reason i got i got dragged into freaking motorcycle talk i don't know why i don't know (laughs) it just happened it just went and i just went after the podcast well let me tell them first after the last podcast that just released yesterday no today shit it just released today she calls me because we did it on sunday right she calls me and she's like how do you feel about a motorcycle and i was like what the fuck are you talking about i was like and she's like it says it doesn't do, 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 do. i was like you know so many people die in motorcycle accidents and your percentage of survival is nothing but you know what i'm gonna let her adhd self be be herself and get all that shit because at the end of the day i can ride that shit so- for myself <laughs> She can. So listen, so listen, we all know I have ADHD times a million. Like, it's bad. Like, I'll be sitting here talking to you, and then all of a sudden I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. Anyways, I had a squirrely moment on Sunday after the podcast. I called T because all of the, like, all week it was motorcycle talk, and there was this one influencer, influencer in particular, and he, like, is me <laughs> as a man on a motorcycle. Like, he is so ADHD, it's not even funny, like, so, I went onto his YouTube, and I was watching his YouTube, and he is just so random, like, all this, and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love, <laughs> yes, I was like, I have to meet him, so, like, then on Sunday, I was like, hey, T, what do you, how do you feel about me getting a motorcycle, she's like, really, right, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, seriously, she's like, well, and then she tells me, and then she goes, well, I can ride it at the end of the day. I'm like, oh my gosh. Not that I'm really going to go get a motorcycle, because it's much as a car, and I need a new car instead of a motorcycle. Anyway, motorcycles are dangerous. No, they're not. On- it depends on how you drive them. I think I anything driver. is dangerous, but okay. it's be- it's the person behind it. Yeah, I'm a great driver, so it's fine. I just think, like, I hate when people are like, this is dangerous. I was like, well, because you're fucking stupid. That's why it's dangerous. I was like, everyone else that's not dangerous, that does it well, is normal. They're fine. Well, well, hold on. So, my ending of the story is, I was searching TikTok again, because that's what I do, played at night on Instagram, and I was watching this guy's YouTube again. And Homeboy lives in Cali. And, like, no one knows what he looks like because they don't take off their helmets. But apparently his name is Ride Along. So I'm, like, sitting here, like, okay, my FBI skills can crack this code. Sure enough, I sure did. Found a picture of what he looks like. I was, like, shorted, shorted. Don't know his name still, but I'm going to figure it out. Don't expose him like that. Maybe he wants a private life. Probably. Yeah. But. All I gotta say is this dude reminds me of me because if I ever got a motorcycle, I'd be like, I'd like dancing, red lights. Oh, Ugh, shut up. We can't have nice things. Anyway. Speaking of ADHD, we're gonna go into our topic because 
Um, not speaking of ADHD, but it just kind of like goes along with surviving our trauma and diagnoses. Is that how you say it? Except I'm not diagnosed, but I think you're diagnosed, right? Mentally, okay. Um, but we were talking about surviving and surviving and not living instead of living more and stop surviving if that makes sense does that make sense so you're trying to say that you're surviving and not living and living but surviving yeah that's what i just said yes that's what you said just the white version because that's why you're here because of the english version because everyone thinks i'm stupid because I can't speak English. Old dog fuckers. I wasn't born in America. So. America. America. Anyways, <laughs> that's not important. But so we're talking about survivor flight. And I think a lot of people that had dealt with trauma, like high okay. doses of trauma or just like any type of trauma, they tend to live a survivor life. And like a lot of people like are always like, what's a survivor life? And I'm like, well, don't ever want to be a survivor life because you think about everything at an end. And I think I deal with that way worse than I think you deal with it, but maybe we're the same page because I tell you all the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Get me out. I mean, <laughs> I don't Jesus. think like, well, Talia's always like wanting, she's like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, shut up, Talia. I'm so ready. Um, but she probably is so ready. Not like saying she's going to go off herself, but just like she's ready to just be like, I'm done with this. But I think in a sense, you've gone through your own type of trauma and had to survive. As mm-hmm. where like, I've gone through a different kind of trauma, a lot of trauma that I've had to like survive. And you you are right. Like, it's a fight or flight response where mm-hmm. you're just like, you're living constantly like, okay, did I say something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Yeah. Like, if or I you're can't just, like, on just edge enjoy. Or seven. Yeah, like, I think since, well, you talk about diagnosis, so I have, so I have um, been diagnosed with, because of childhood trauma, with PTSD, depression, anxiety, and ADHD. Wait, hold hold on, I have a question. Do you think childhood trauma is harder to heal from than people that have trauma on in their early like teens slash adulthood because we both suffer from childhood trauma yeah and I feel like every day (laughs) I'm a fucked up person because I mean that's just how I feel and I I want like you know I feel like this is a good topic for both of us because we both Uh deal with childhood trauma that has happened and I just feel like people I've met that have happened with childhood trauma they have a full understanding of like what you go through and they're like closer and then instead of the ones that you know don't even have trauma or that have suffered trauma like down the road yeah yeah like sense. for sure yeah for sure that makes sense like so how do i put this so in a simpler way childhood trauma is way different than like adolescent or young adulthood trauma because like Mm -hmm. when you're adolescent and young adult you have a clear understanding of what's happened to you but as a child like when things are happening to you when you're being physically abused when you're being verbally emotionally mentally abused or sexually abused I was never um, Mm -hmm. 
but I was all the other abuse. Um, yeah. When those things happen, you like your inner child as you're growing up, because even as a child, you have an inner child that just mm-hmm. gets stuck, and then you grow up way too fast because oh, of everything 100%. that's happened. Oh, yeah. Well, like, like fuck me. <laughs> yeah, it's like great. Like this fucking sucks, bro. Um, I like I'll be 31 this year. I mm-hmm. didn't start to like really hone in like I've always gone to therapy and stuff and that EDMR see that's the difference like... between you and me too I hated well, I, therapy I, I, I literally threw a book at my counselor and I never showed up again but well, I went through I got through it without therapy or group well, therapy I had no choice I was either well, yeah. forced into it or I chose by my own will and like mm-hmm. I have had really good therapists but we don't mm-hmm. like the EDMR for me just doesn't do it for me anymore because mm-hmm. like I was realizing that my inner child was so stuck on what had happened in my life that I couldn't move and it wasn't until I stopped going to counseling or therapy for a little bit and I had to redo it because of um I just needed therapy and I got a really good therapist mm-hmm. this time and she's amazing she sh- shoots the shit with me on my therapy days it's freaking hilarious like she is my spirit animal Um, what age did you start therapy um was I asked to start therapy or was I you asked to start you put into therapy without into therapy um I was probably like 10 Mm, or 11 so young because yeah, I was I was young because things were happening like parents were oh. like going through their own trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and and like we all know my father is not the best guy out there and my whole family we will tell you like he is a piece of work. Let me just tell you. He mm-hmm. is my he was. He isn't anymore. He was my biggest nightmare my biggest fear um and so as a child growing up being abused by your dad by someone who's supposed to be protecting you and Mm -hmm. yet like doesn't happen like um there's this tiktok filter where it's like the age where you died inside and so and so i did it multiple times and it kept bringing up the same age again and again um and it was the age eight over and over and that was the year that like um my dad just completely just went off the rails not that he hadn't been off the rails already but he that's when things started going downhill like really bad and so for me it was like that was the year that I had to like I was told like he wasn't gonna baptize me and all that and like Mm -hmm. my cousin had to and whatnot and so to me that was the year I had to grow up faster than I wanted to. And I realized that through my years of, of experience and, and, and not just like childhood, the childhood trauma led into other things like making friends that I probably shouldn't have been friends with for years. And, um, and having people in my life where I needed to just walk away from, Mm -hmm. but with childhood trauma, it was much harder in therapy now as an adult to heal than it was when I was a child 
at 10 or 11 yeah. because it was so fresh and new. Um, and so, like, not being able to fully be able to express yourself because you're since young. And it probably makes sense to you because you're on the same page as I am where in adolescent or, or young adulthood or even in adulthood, you can express, like, yo, this happened to me. This mm-hmm. how I felt. Like, at eight years old or even, like, before when the abuse started, like, I couldn't be like, hey, you, you can't do that because it's, you yeah. can't fight with the devil. I well, mean, you can, but you can't when they're know, like that. I feel like my life, I've been in, like, fire life for a long time because, you know, like, they don't know your story. They know my story, but I was sexually abused. Right molested Mm -hmm. by my brother my older brother so as a foster kid he was a foster kid and um when I was five five and six so I was really young and I remember when I hit 10 11 I would have like or like throughout time I'd be really scared of the dark and I'd be scared to like sleep alone because that's what, like, looking back at it now, uh, he would come into my room at night. And so, like, my body just, like, you know, your, like, your thought process doesn't understand it. But your body right. tells you so much more when you grow up. And yeah. then I had nightmares during, like, college and during high school. And I didn't even tell my parents until I was a senior in high school. That's how long I dealt with it. And then I hated yeah. men. And, like, I was so scared when people would touch me from behind or, like, I just get, like, like I'm not a hugging person, like, physically. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, like, don't touch me. Like, that's what I've been working on. And it's, like, been my biggest thing throughout my life. And it's just, like, there are certain cycles that I look at now in my life that I've, like, broken because of my trauma. And I'm just, like, man, I was really surviving for the longest time because... I still have times where I'm like, ooh, can't. Like, I have to take a step back, breathe, and then have myself be like, it's okay, it's late. Like, it's fine. Like, go back to what you're doing. You're fine. You're safe. You know, and I think we get in these cycles of flight when we're children because we have nobody to talk to. Like, we're LDS as well. And so, like, no one back in the day would ever, like, say, oh, no, 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 you're fine. Like, don't worry about it like he would never do that you know what I mean like stuff like that just like things were just swept under the rug all the time the red tape was never you know brought up ever and anyone it was never lifted like exactly I so this will pertain to it I promise in the I went to the to the Broadway play in New York um the Book of Mormon and it was so funny like it pertains to the gospel so much and people are like <laughs> so funny I'm like no guys like it really does like um push it down like there's a song mm-hmm. called push it down or something like that where it's like the missionaries are pushing down their feelings and whatnot and so mm-hmm. I I thought back to when like um this was recent too um so my my uh my upbringing wasn't uh, not many people know my story so my story goes something like this. I have a father. I don't talk to him anymore. Um, for reasons that are kind of just like, I just can't stand the guy. Um, 
and everyone's like, marry someone like your dad. I don't want to marry an abusive. Who the fuck says that? Talk. Um, many people, and I'm like, he's narcissistic, and like, I can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. So, I, <laughs> I had just moved to Massachusetts and taken a job at CNA. No. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you were a CNA. I was. And (laughs) I got a call from my mom, who her and I um, butted heads a lot growing up, but now we're okay. Like, she's one of my besties. Um, She said, Riley, are you sitting down? I said, why? I'm like, (laughs) I I literally was like, is Papa okay? Her dad. I'm like, is he okay? She's like, no, no one died. Like, I'm like, wait, no, what? She's like, yeah, Papa's fine. Sorry, came out wrong. I'm like, okay, great. I'm like, what's wrong? She goes, Robert's going to the temple. And I said, oh, what? I said, wait, what? So to go to the temple in the church, you have to go through everything. Well, my father um, has done a couple stints in prison. And uh, so in order to get permission you have to go through the first presidency at this point so I called his bishop and I was like hey here's the deal like went down the list of things went down told him poured my heart out come to find out two weeks later he went to the temple and I had a really hard time at that moment with the church a really really hard time because of the abuse that he put me through the abuse he put my mom through the abuse he put my siblings through just came to head and that's when I realized that it was either do or die for me with the church and I remember getting down on my knees and being very upset with Heavenly Father and saying you're going to let this man go through the temple after all he's done all the like the adultery he's committed everything he's committed and you're going to let all that slide slide just Live right through. I'm like, this doesn't make sense, Heavenly Father. And at that moment, I felt utter peace. And I was so upset because I felt utter peace in a situation where I should have been so angry because my mom was hurting because she had been so hurt by this man that she had been married to for 27 some odd years, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he had caused a lot of pain. And thank heavens he's married to whoever he's married to now, who, by the way, has never made contact with us. And you would think if you're going to marry someone, you would want to know about their family. I don't think they would. Probably not. I'm I'm having a whole different conversation in my mind, which I'm just, you know, go ahead. No, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. But, like, I remember being, I remember calling his bishop back. And his bishop didn't answer. So then I called the stake president because I'd grown up in Vegas and I knew the stake president. And I said, hey, like, I heard my dad went through the temple. He's like, yeah, he's such a great guy. I'm like, do you realize what he's done? He's like, well, you need to forgive. And I'm like, and I lost it on this stake president. Like, I was like, and the bishop was right there too. I was like, are you guys kidding me? I'm like, you have lost your ever-living mind if you think I need to forgive someone who's done so much harm. I was like, I'm trying to forgive. But then the place that means so much to me, to my heart, the temple, you guys have now let someone in that just 
Because that was always held over my head when I was little of like, we're going to get sealed as a family. We're going to do this. We're going to go through the temple. And, you know, then it happens. And I'm just sitting here like, what the fuck? So I kind of at that moment took a step back for where I was in the church and realized like nothing against the church or whatever. Like, it's fine. I'm fine with the church now. But I took a step back and I remember just thinking, I need a breathing. Like, I can't. Because it was my worst nightmare. It was my nightmare, as Taylor Swift says, di- dressed like a daydream. Mm. And it was, it was, it was gut wrenching. I had nightmares for weeks. I had everything like, like not many people know my story, and like I struggled, struggled because I was like, all the images of my past and my childhood came up, and I was like, great, now I'm gonna have to start therapy again. Now I'm gonna have to do all this again. My ADHD was off the charts. Like, I was not focusing. I was jumpy. I was squirrely at times was, even more. You were triggered. It's called I trigger. was triggered. She got triggered was, from a lot of triggered. things that weren't healed. Yeah, I was triggered. But anyway, mm. what were you going to say? I mean, we don't really know about your life, right? And um, which is very, this is why I have you on here to like co-host sometimes with me just because they're sick of listening to me and my story but um so like well I just want you to know like feel free to take your time but eventually you'll be able to feel comfortable and talk about it but anyways let's get back to um you know what's funny is that listening to your story makes me kind of teary-eyed because I went through kind of the same thing with my brother me and my brother actually talk to this day. We actually, I'm the only one that he messages back and forth. My mm-hmm. parents don't even know. Like, my parents cut him off because my brother's been in and out of prison. Um, but he's been sober for a little while, and he has two beautiful twins, twin kids, like, beautiful children. Um, we follow each other on Facebook. Like, my sister will not talk to him. Like, she doesn't even bring up his name. Like, my brother doesn't really talk to him either. I'm kind of the only one that contacts him. And, like, I remember in college, this is the time of my life where I was deciding to either stay with coaching, EXS, or go to social work. I found this amazing program in social work. And I knew social work was the right program because I was, like, fuck off god like no i was like i'm not doing this i was like i have so much trauma from so much things like on top of it being adopted on top of just like all this stuff you know and i was like i am not doing that and then i just like ended up there and just felt so many emotions felt so much happened to me in the span of couple years that changed my heart changed myself and you know I've hated God I did hate God a lot just because I went through a lot of nightmares I went through a lot of triggers I just didn't understand who I was and um but one day I was in one of my classes and we were talking about child development and child development goes back with like our minds as children how when we see things environmentally we it tends to stick to us so like my learning about my brother Shane's past life of how he grew up just in a horrible horrible conditions 
made me realize like you know what everyone's God's children and everyone gets a second chance in God's eyes being merciful God how he is and how I look at God I was like it's time for me to forgive my brother it's time for me to understand like he didn't he wasn't raised right to be able to understand he's been surviving his whole life and a whole other a whole other story you know like he grew up with strippers coming in out prostitution he grew up with needles on the ground he grew up in a drug house a whorehouse his family had to his siblings had to eat out of the garbage can to get food and all of this stuff was hidden for my parents through the social worker and that's why I actually went into social work because I was like why the fuck does people not know people's past like it's important to know children's past because we have to understand them and so I found one day just messaging my brother out of the blue up messenger and I wrote to him I said I want to tell you that I forgive you for the things that happened to us during our childhood and I know for a fact, like, after I sent that whole entire message to him, I felt at peace, but I also knew that he could feel at peace and he could move on with his life, that he deserves to have a second chance from God because he probably has held on to that burden of guilt. And, like, for me, I let go of all the trauma and just the resentment of my life and my past through this person because at the end of the day I felt like I was a disgusting person I felt not worthy I felt so many so many things in my life that I'm still working on but like has gotten better to the point where I realized like all the shit that has been burned on me I think 10 times more how it's affected the person that has victimized you you know and with my brother, I was just like, he is a child of God at the end of the day. Like, he deserves to understand Christ is there for him, even through the thick and the thin of darkness. And I think a lot of people hold on to this trauma for a really long time. And I've seen some of the people close to me that just struggle with the trauma and that just try to bury it with getting married, having kids, um, doing things, trying to distract themselves. And I, as a person, decided to, you know, just, like, full-on grab it by the horns and just go with it, you know? And I'm not saying, like, you have your experiences, you have your feelings towards your dad, which is valid. But for those people that know me, like, at the end of the day, it's Christ and God. And it's not my decision to hold the guilt that's put on me or to that person. And I feel like when I made that decision to fully, like, forgive my brother, it opened up, like, the most amazing, fast, like, mindset that I've ever had. It's just, like, when I look at someone, I can just love them no matter what you've done. Man, if you've been to prison for a year for doing something there's still hope in everyone, you know, and I always thought about that, like, when I look at my brother now on Facebook, him smiling, him saying that he's been sober for certain years, like, it just makes me happy, because it's like, I 
can see him now in a different setting and him living in a different life and him wanting to create something positive about himself. And I think sometimes we just can't let go of like our trauma connected to the person that has hurt us. And sometimes we have to just, you know, cut it off and just realize like, hey, we don't know everything that God is planning or their journey or his journey. But all I can say is that forgiveness is like the biggest step to childhood trauma, forgiving yourself and forgiving that person. It's easier to forgive the person first and then forgiving yourself, which for this, I'm still trying to forgive myself for a lot of things, but like, I just, I don't know, you know, it, it gave me a, like a whole other mindset. Cause when you're talking about your father, I was like, wow, okay. Like I get it now. Like that's valid. I'm not the like, only one that was pissed, but like you were more pissed at the church. I was pissed at God, but like, wow. it's, it's always the same thing. You know, like we all go through the same journeys, just different circumstances and like at the end of the day I think for me forgiveness was the biggest part of being understanding that God is merciful God for me like my testimony like I was like whoa God is so merciful to me I agree with that and for me when you said that you were like whoa like I'm not the only one that was pissed I I didn't just take a step back from the church. I told Heavenly Father that I needed to take a, a step back from him. Mm-hmm. And I, I I went a whole week with like with not praying, with, with not like doing what I need. Like I have broken the commandments, but like I just like went a week of just like angry. Yeah that whole week and I think you were with me through it and I was like not wanting to talk to anybody my 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 triggers were like really bad mm-hmm. and like I remember one day you were just like right you either no you didn't even say right you were like Riley you need to like get your shit together or else like I'm gonna have something to say and that sacked me out of it right then and there I was like okay and I told you what was happening and you were like right you get and that's when you kind of like softened towards me because me and you haven't always been on me and T no. haven't always seen the same thing, Hell but no. like when when she can get through to me in my stubborn time of need, we're I think good. you're more stubborn than I am. Yeah, like, <laughs> ten times worse. Like I'm a stubborn like, person, but you're more stubborn than I am. And there are times where I just have to hang up on you because I'm like, does. oh, fuck this. I'm not doing this. And, and like, today. then I'll call back and be like, what the fuck? Do you and I just I ignore you. her. I literally ignore and, like, her she's like she'll answer the phone and just sit there I'm like damn it so I remember just breaking down on the phone with you that one day and I was like I can't I don't know what to do um and you just I just remember you saying do you you said something about God you said he still loves you you know that right and I said yeah and at that moment I chose and I and I haven't told my mom this and she'll probably hopefully not be mad at me I don't think she will but I chose in that moment to just let it all go Mm. because 
the pain that I had faced as a child, like my dad had a really good upbringing, like his dad was an alcoholic, but that's about all that we could think was wrong. Um, going back through his childhood and everything, his mom always said, my grandma Connie, who was my best friend who passed, um, she always said, yeah, Robert was just difficult. Mm-hmm. Which, if you know me, I'm the most difficult person, most stubborn person over me. Like, I will get, I will get it done. But in the meantime, I'll struggle through it. And I just mm-hmm. don't get my brain um, sometimes. But I realized in that moment that if I didn't forgive my dad and didn't forgive this myself for having so much hatred about what I couldn't fix as a kid, of what I couldn't stop as a kid, of what I couldn't like do as an adult that I should have stopped. Like I couldn't, I couldn't let my heart heal. At that moment, I realized that it was either do or die for me. Like not in a mm-hmm. bad sense, but in a sense of like, okay, Heavenly Father. And at that moment, you said something to me. I can't remember what it was, but you were like, okay, right, it's time. And at that moment, it all just clicked, and I felt such serene peace, like the day I did when I prayed about the temple situation and everything I just got peace and ever since then it's been a few months and I actually went back home and I visited with a bunch of people and I visited with T and T was like right you look really good like you changed and I was like I wonder and I was thinking as I was sitting on the plane to go to Disneyland well California to like take myself on a solo trip for the first time in my life I thought, you know what, Talia is right, and, and I'm admitting <laughs> it on the podcast. Talia was right, y'all, because in that I'm always moment, right. <laughs> just let me have this, real quick. yeah. That's your... right, everyone. <laughs> that was great, but like in that moment of me forgiving my father, like it is. I don't know why the fuck it's this way, but why it's so much harder to forgive yourself when it mm. is to be like, okay, I forgive that person, and like. I think so often people are always caught up in, well, they did this and this and this at night. And nowadays I'm just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care. I just work here. I just want to live. I want to, I'm tired of surviving, you know? Cause mm-hmm. I was so, I was so distraught over like, oh, well I said this and oh, now I did this and mm-hmm. I did this and now I did this and oh my gosh, what if I said the wrong thing? Like I would go home after work and I was like, oh my gosh, like what if I did the wrong thing? Like my brain just went back to the triggers of everything that could have happened. And then as soon as I, like, forgave and just was like, okay, just, like, let it go, and I was like, okay, I need to work on myself now, is when I, it clicked of, like, you didn't do anything wrong, right? Like, you're good, you're okay, like, your brain resets itself, and then, then from my psychiatrist, I got a diagnosis of anxiety, which we already know I had, but then she was like, so your ADHD is extremely bad and I was like what do you mean she's like um she goes I've sat with you for an hour and granted I wasn't on any medication um then but she said she said okay have you guys ever seen the movie over the hedge with the squirrel oh my gosh he's like everywhere she goes you're like Tammy but times a thousand she goes I couldn't, like, you were talking so fast, I couldn't keep up with where you were going. Like, she goes, I finally keep you yep, all together. That sounds she goes, like oh really. my gosh. She's like, oh my heavens. And, like, now I've started, um, I started taking CBD without the THC, mm. so it's, like, just, like, hemp. <laughs> the worst. 
<laughs> Guys, come on. CBD is not good without THC. Get, let's get with that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, I started taking CBD and it's helped immensely, like compared to like the prescription drugs that I was on that made me feel like a zombie. Mm. And like now my brain is leveled out and the therapist and my psychiatrist, because I get to see too, um, she was, my psychiatrist was like, oh my gosh, like you're making clear, cohesive sense now. I was like, wow, great. (laughs) She's like, you don't realize from meeting with you for three sessions, I would have to like take an hour break (laughs) after your sessions because you're just a lot. lot. I get told that all the time. I'm so much that even my psychiatrist (laughs) (laughs) almost came up on, well, hold on. One of my psychiatrists passed me off to her because he was like, this bitch is crazy. I can't understand what she's saying. No, he was just apparently had too many patients. I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. So like then um, even that triggered me and I was like, he abandoned me. <laughs> um, yeah, I can see that. You know, <laughs> I love that you have taken steps to live. And I've always say this, like I'm always like I have um a tattoo that has the sober um the sober symbol and it says baby steps because I have to remind myself 24 7 baby steps to it and there are times where I can catch myself in a dis- a depression state like if you guys don't know me I'm like Sammy without ADHD but I'm like a workaholic so I work constantly oh, on the clock my mind my mind is constantly on working and today I took a day off because I didn't. It wasn't a day off. Team. I didn't take a day off, but I did. I took the day off for my kids, and there are times where I can get too much in my like work zone, to the point where I can feel it and I get depressed, and that's what's been happening. And like when Angus Cloud, I know this is weird, guys. Trust me, it's not like I have like a bond with this guy, but like. I've lost a lot of people from, like, when you become an addict, like, sober, I'm going to probably start crying, like, druggy addict. When you lose people that you've known for a long time that are just so amazing and that have helped you on your way to get sober and they leave this world with you, from you, you kind of question, like, what the fuck? We went through all this, like, and you're gone and you left me without, you like, you left me here. Like, I'm still here. Like, why am I still here? And when I heard about Angus Cloud, it hit me a different way just because, I don't know, I feel like sometimes, and I think a lot of my friends know this, but they just are afraid to talk to me about it because they know, like, oh, yeah, Talia is just, she's a bad bitch. Like, you just kind of roll with her punches. She'll tell you how it is when she wants to tell you because I don't talk to my friends that much when it's, like, me. I talk to them about them because I help them more because it just helps me with my system. But there are times I've gotten better with my Mm -hmm. friends of telling them, like, hey, like, I'm not feeling good right now. Like, I'm really depressed. Like, why don't I talk to you later? Because there's times where I just wouldn't talk about it just because I'm used – my survival flight was constantly being there for myself. Just me and myself and I, we would figure it out and punch it out together with god like i never 
took someone's hand physically I took someone's hand spiritually and that was between me and God so like when I decided to live I still kind of like make a joke because like I was always a joking friend that said oh yeah I'm ready to die I'm not ready to peace out which I still am to this day y'all she says that (laughs) 24 70 and at this point (laughs) her friend I kind of you just kind of have to laugh at her because you're just like okay T we could we'll all know like Heavenly Father will let us know when T goes like we 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 all know she she ain't going you know I already she ain't going nowhere you guys I already planned my funeral like I've already planned my funeral plans I did that like can I get the eulogy no I already have people there for it you'll be there but um, I've already planned wait, wait, like, wait, 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 you're doing back. nothing right now. Why can't I do any? I want to give you at least. Right. Well, you you can bear your testimony because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be an open talk. Not about me, just an open talk about your journey and experiences. You want me to bring you, I'm going to bring you like a pound of weed. And I will be flipping off as you walk up to my stove. <laughs> and if you take two, if you take more than two seconds and you start crying, then I will tell my person that's in charge to escort you off the stage. Wait, who's we don't need that shit. My my other friend Tori is my steer. So, but I've already made my plans because, like, I also like. Riley, because you know me really well, I also suffer from addiction. So, like, when people suffer from addiction, they have a whole other mental mindset. Like, I also struggle from, like, trauma, but on top of it, I struggle from addiction to the point where if I get into, like, a really bad depression state, I will start thinking about, like, hey, how can I get pills? How can I get weed? How can I go to alcohol? I can probably go here and go get alcohol. Um, blah 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 that's probably why I haven't like updated my driver's license because I'm so afraid <laughs> to like no it's like for real no, that shit like, triggers you for real that shit like because I'm able to go freelance to like get something and we all know like my ass would overdose like <laughs> and so like when I heard Angus cloud overdosing I just like hit me like it's just like it hit me so different because it's like people that deal with mental health issues or being addicts for like ever and they've worked so hard for like seven six years I've like it's gonna be six years this coming next year I will be six years sober and like you work so hard and it's just like you just hear things and you're just like so sad and you're just like man I understand that like but you also understand like it was their time to go because God needed them back you know and I've I've lost some good friends of mine that have helped me become sober and mm-hmm. have fallen to, you know, not the demons, but just the addictions have overtaken them. And it's sometimes I'm, like, mad at them, and I'll, like, think about them and be like, you suck. Like, you're up there fucking drinking freaking whatever up there with God right next to him, just laughing it up and just having the best time ever. And I'm here with idiots, and I want to cry, not cry, but just, you know, I want to stop surviving. There's times where, like, I really sit down, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why am I here? Like, I want to stop surviving. And then I realize, like, 
throughout the years that I kept on surviving. But, like, now I'm to the point where, like, I've been living for myself. But I've also been living on God's journey. And I tell this to Riley all the time. Like, I don't know. It's up to God. Like, I don't know. It's whatever God wants me to do. Like, I am the biggest, like, I go and do what God wants me to do. Like, I don't take my time out of my way to not, like, feel a good thing. Like, if I don't feel good about it, I won't go for it. Like, that's just how I am. And I think one of the biggest blessings in my life is my job. Like, it's a it's a big blessing, and it's also a big curse because I work so much for it, and I put so much passion in it. But these kids, like, these kids have changed my life. They've made me want to survive, want to not survive, and want to live. They've made me want to live every day and to just be there for them because I know, like, if I did leave, if I did die, if I did take my life, uh-huh. I'd have all these kids that would be like, what? Like, where's, like, Miss T? Like, what? Like, how could she do this to us, you know? And to the point where, like, we eventually will pass on, but, like, I don't know. It's just so much, you know, like I live for my kids. I live for God and I sometimes live for myself. Not not a lot, but I do live for my friends. I live for my friends and my family. I think I've I've dedicated a lot of my life towards Mm -hmm. others. And I think that's how I live because I mean, some people could look at as surviving because I just serve others, but like serving others makes me live to my full potential you know and I think living is different like you don't just have to live for yourself you know you don't have to just love yourself you can live for different reasons in life and I just think like it's a hard like system to break survival mode for sure yeah because there's sometimes where I'm like oh I'm going back to my survival ways like let me just step back and let me go back to like what I needed right it's like it's like when certain things happen you're like all right time to like your brain like it doesn't even give you a choice it just automatically flips that switch of like okay like we're going survival and you're like whoa 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 whoa, wait I can do this like I can do this Mm -hmm. by myself and like it's either the spirit heavenly father or like if you don't believe in those great or if your brain it's just like nope we're we're turned on survival Mm-hmm. mode and then you're like oh you're like okay I've done this before I can do it again like I don't want to go into survival mode because survival mode for survivors looks a little like this people don't realize it does but we completely shut down our brain shut down like we can hear what you're saying we mm-hmm. got you you can talk to us until you're blue in the face blue in the face you can keep going but we'll just look at you and be like okay cool like, it's not that we're trying to be, like, bitches assholes. or rude or, like, assholes or anything to you. And, mind you, I have RBF constantly. But, like, my brain, my mental capacity at that moment in survival mode, in the fight or flight mode, I cannot comprehend what you want me to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you can to a certain point, but mentally, you're just like, as a survivor, you're like, it's going to trigger me. I can't walk into that. And I think when you surround yourself with really good people, like Talia's kids, by the way, are hilarious. One of them was singing 
this is my ADHD, but um, one of them was singing Unholy to Me by Sam Smith. And let me just say, I looked at that kid, I was like, why are you singing this? But anyway, back to the point. Talia has such a way with people and with these mm. kids that it's like, she doesn't have a choice of when she goes into survival mode because these kids need her. People need her. And what she doesn't realize is that she needs herself sometimes and she doesn't realize that all the time. And it took a lot. It took three years. Well, no, we were a year and a half into our friendship until you finally like let me know, like, hey, I'm de- I'm suffering depression. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what to do. And that at that moment, I think that's when her and I clicked on a deeper level because it's like, okay, she trusts me enough to be able to do this. And that's when she started her podcast and things were going, no, no, you had already started your podcast, but like yeah. you had started opening up. And I haven't seen you go back to that really bad survival mode in a while. No. I would have to say, but since working with these kids, these select group of kids the last year, year and a half has really impacted you. Like these, I'm not kidding. Like these kids love her so much. It was so funny. Like she has an office, y'all. She has an office. A place it's not my office. It's, it's not, not my office. office. It's their office. These literally were in there and they were like, Miss P, who is this girl? Like looking at me, and I'm like, Do you wanna fight me? And Talia's like, really stop. And I'm like, this one kid was like, Yeah, I do. And I'm like, dude, sit down. Like, he was well, looking at me like he would to fight, like I was gonna do something all, to this tea. Like, oh all, god. They're all boys too. So like I work with oh, mostly Lord. all boys. And they're like boys just attract me. Like they're they're I'm their favorite person. And yeah. it's funny because we go through some really rough times with each other because we, you know, my boys have the same anger as I do inside me. And no, so they- when they rage, they, they, they don't know what's coming because I'm like, you want to see rage? Let me show you rage. So, you know, <laughs> she it's calls like, me and she tells me all this. And I'm like, Leah. There are times where, um, Yeah. My kids have definitely been an impact on my life, you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> my kids were like, "Who the f is this?" <laughs> but you know, you can tell the kids that I've I've been around because they literally are mini me's of me. They'll just they take on my personality a lot of times and my my different things that I do, which is hilarious. Your but mm-hmm. it's quite it's cute because as soon as I was like, "Do you want to fight me?" He was like, "Oh no, she's good." I'm like, "What?" He was like, "Oh, she passed the vibe check." I was like, "Can't stand you. Get out of here." Because I always tell them, "You want to fight me?" And they're like, "Never mind." I was like, "Yeah, that's what I thought." So like, I'm here for a day. I'm here. I can fight you all day long. Yeah. Huh, that makes me miss them because I wasn't there today. But oh my gosh, you can. Well, it's like it's like with my new job that I have now that I've had almost two years. Um, I am obsessed with them. They are just. Yeah. They are. Talia hears about them all the time. I'm not going to divulge their names, but they are just amazing. Like I don't think I would be able to survive like without them. I'm not even survive an actual job with adults anymore i no, i like, don't even think i can i can't even like go to places and have actual conversations with adults <laughs> because i'm so used to children like to now that i can't even like when me and you went to sushi couldn't even like i had to do all the sam talk 
packing. I was like, I can't. And I was like, oh, here, I got it. I got it. I was like, I got it. And I'm not, like, I'm not that way. I hate talking to, like, strangers. Like, and people are like, no, you don't. You're so outgoing. No, but I'm, I'm, bitch, I'm not outgoing. And you, though. Like, I'm you? ten times worse. And you I've been so surrounded bad. by my kids for so long, you guys, that I had to get a gym membership because <laughs> my coworker, that's my good friend from high school, my one of my teachers, she was like, you need to get out. Like, you have no life. She's like, all you do is your kids. All you do is post about, like, positive things and God. You don't post about anything about, like, like yeah, you're your friends you. sometimes, but they're just like, you post – you don't go hang out with people that are your age. I was like, because they're all stupid. So I got a gym membership, and it's going great. Um, the other day, I didn't tell you this, but the other day, someone asked me to re-rack with them. And one of the guys was like, oh, sure. Yes, it's not it. that big of a deal. No, it it's not. A I'm, I'm, Leah, it's a big deal. Relationship, guys. Fuck that. I don't care. No, we didn't say. No one said you were going for a relationship. But I did. What we're saying is I agree with this teacher because guess what? You met a friend. I do have a social now life, and that counted (laughs) as three months of my social life. No, it does not count as three months. So I don't talk to anyone at the gym for three more months. No. (laughs) You guys, like, I'm so bad. And, like, and then my rudeness just comes out. Like, because I'm on top of it, like, I'm a child, but I'm also a bitch. So, it's, like, they combine and they're just, like, whoa. And I also beast, okay? Like, nobody knows this, but I'm secretly a beast when it comes to working out. I can, really I can is. probably outlift multiple men. Probably. <laughs> it's you embarrassing. Remember, um... Well, it's not embarrassing. But all I it's have to say to is... Me. No, it's not. It's it's super attractive. Um, oh. Talia, just because you work with kids and you uh, you re-racked with someone, that's not does not count for three months. But what I do have to say is that your job is highly important because of how you yeah. interact with these kids, and like your social life has suffered. Like just mm-hmm. trying to get a meeting with Talia. Let me tell you, just trying to get to meet with Talia while I'm there for a few days. She's like, okay, well this won't work. This will work, and I'm like. <laughs> I'm just gonna work with you. And then I was that's like, that's literally that's literally everyone in my life because they're like, I, see, like they don't understand how busy I am. And then when they come to my work life, they're like, holy fuck! Just my office, want, let alone. Yeah, like the dudes want to fight me, and I'm like, dude, you're like twelve. Leave me alone. I'm like, I know I look like I'm like two because they're all taller than me because I secretly deep down am super short. No, I actually am really short, but I am a beast, a little beast, not mm. a big beast like T, but I'm a little beast in CrossFit. Um, and all I gotta say is I applaud you for your job, but like my job <laughs> is equally as stressful. Well, not stressful. It's not stressful. My job's actually really amazing. <laughs> like I lucked out when I say that I got the best parents to work for and the best kids like mm-hmm. it's just like my job is just so much fun every day like I can't complain must be nice <laughs> I mean I mean I mean it's not like next week I mean on Sunday they're taking me with them to Costa Rica <laughs> oh my gosh stop bitch ew <laughs> not like that hopefully I'd be like a nice Costa Rican man no I actually mean... I 
ADHD speaking here. Hold on, maybe impact. I really do want to meet that motorcycle dude. Okay, so like Riley's a nanny. For those that don't know, she nannies back in um, the East Coast. So Uh she nannies two kids. And for those that don't know, I do before and after care program. But on top of that, I'm a site director. But on top of that, I'm a field coach slash hiring person. So I'm like the second hand man to my boss. Like today, I was supposed to be off. And my boss called me twice today. Like, <laughs> She's like, I need you to do this. I need to do that. But, you know, like, I kind of like, I'm, I kind of do a lot of things, a lot for my job, but it's worth it because I do it for the kids. Um, it's like a purpose. You know, I'm very passionate about my job. I love all the kids. You know, I know a lot of kids, not just from my site. I've worked at different sites. So uh-huh. a lot of the kids know me. I'm very popular in the kid department. So, um, God, but it's so because popular. it's like Miss T, where's Miss T? Like all her employees, they're like, F you, F you, especially fuck you. Where's Miss T? I'm like, no, like the TikTok, where's Rick? No, that's T. Where's Miss T? No, 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 no. Where's Miss T? That's probably yeah. how they were all like today. My families are kind of overly obsessive. There's some parents that I question to this day. <laughs> yeah. And I won't I say any names. No, we will not. Because Riley knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, like they are. <laughs> but it's like. It's like you'd rather have the family be obsessed with you, like the family that I work with. Than hate with. you. Like, yeah, like I am obsessed with them. Like I'm. See, I'm not like, obsessed with anyone. Not like obsessed in bad ways. Not like you. Obsessed. No, no, no. I get that. No, like, I get yo, that. But like, well, that one family though. <laughs> Dude, there is one family that I get really stressed <laughs> out about. You know what's funny though is that I can't talk. <laughs> outside of work I can't talk to the family members when I go to because I go to my like my kids I go support my kids at their games whatever events I can only talk to the kid and we have the funnest time the parents I'm a no-go bro like I can't they're just always like just we just sit there and stare at each other and awkward like my other teachers will be having a whole conversation and just be like living it up and then here's me just like cool Guys, yeah. I could do not. She's not lying. Like, okay, let's just take it back to sushi while I was in town. Well, to the she point that literally... I like now put my AirPods in, just yeah, now, like sound of respect. Like, don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to talk to you. That's so I'm gonna put my AirPods in. That's how it's supposed to be, but so apparently like, not. With some the other people. Is Talia like at sushi? Like, she was getting so awkward because the like waiter was he was attractive. But anyway, that's here nor there. She like was <laughs> looking at me and was like, why is he looking at me so funny? And I was like, T, you've got RBF, bro. Like, fix it. I'm like, like, fix it. I don't know. Like, this guy was so afraid of Talia that he would not come over to my face. I was like, hey, hey. But like, once you get to know Talia, you guys, I'm the, the nicest human. person. I have the most nice. I have a really. Why am the why the fuck am I trying to like stand up for myself? I'm a very <laughs> I'm a very mean looking person, but I'm like very nice and horrible. Do you know the do you know the the saying looks 
looks like they could kill you, but it's actually cinnamon roll. That's you. Guys, she looks like she could <sighs> kill you, but she's actually cinnamon roll. I look like a cinnamon roll. I could actually kill you. Yeah, literally. <laughs> literally. There's so many of my friends that I'm like, the fuck? They're meaner than I am. The fuck? It's like, and so everyone cool. thinks I'm the mean one. And then everyone is like, yeah, Tulia is like the worst one out of the girl. I was like, what the fuck? No. I don't do anything. I was like, maybe I'm just the realest one and tell you straight up. That's probably why you don't like me, but, like, I don't give a fuck. No, Talia is the... So, if you... If we had to put the cinnamon rolls in line, Talia looks like she could kill you. No joke! But she is the biggest teddy bear cinnamon roll you'll ever meet. I'm not kidding when I say I look like a cinnamon roll. I look like the sweetest, nicest person, but if you wrong me or my friends, I will literally to the death. Like, I'm so petty. Like, my sisters even, like, named me Riley K. Petty Betty Sprague. Like, I I have no shame in my game. Like, I am to the point, Petty, where Talia has had to tell me because she'll fuck out. Like, yeah. Talia is not that person. Like, people are like, oh, Talia is so mean. I'm, I'm not like, Petty. No, no, Talia is, like, I'm not the, the most chillest person. <laughs> like, ever. <laughs> everyone's always like dude she's so chill i'm like yeah i just i don't i don't have time to give a fuck to be honest one time one of my friends was like does she still like because they knew talia they're like does she still smoke weed and i'm like no bro that's just talia she's just chilling the fuck out while she's crossing who said that and they're like i know i'll tell you later Call me after this podcast. podcast. Well, okay, so it was never mind. I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. Um, Well, you know, you're you're not the only one because a lot of my good friends, they like I've just always had a really bad reputation. Reputation. Reputation with like people, and like even in Hawaii, I almost got stabbed. Like a gang of twins almost stabbed me in at work because I posted a funny thing like haha so and so's balls like because we were having cocoa cocoa with like rice balls so I made fun of the person and they screenshotted it and they're like we're gonna come kill you and I was like I don't give a fuck I was like stab me for all I care I'll still take motherfuckers down like I just get such a bad rep sometimes like like Tori had a really friend of hers that said oh my gosh you know Talia Barnes and she's like yeah she's like oh my gosh like that girl I feel so bad for her because like I guess she went to my college and we were like she I was a year ahead of her and she was a year behind me in social work she's like Mm -hmm. man the like the the like things like they said about her like is off the chains like she was a drug dealer slash slut slash would sleep with everyone she broke up families and blah 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 blah. like just so much shit has been out there about me and my name that like I don't know it's just funny to me at this time because it's like all my friends that are my friends now they're just like the fuck are you talking about like have you even talked to Talia and they're like no 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 no." and they're like what then why are you saying all this shit when you don't even know her it's my life it's just the funniest thing because like my life. you if you put if you put certain people with Talia, you're like, Oh yeah, Talia is definitely that person. And I'm like, Talia's not that bitch. She will not hurt you. They're like, Well, 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 I'm like, okay, listen. <clears throat> As I adjust everything. I'm like, listen, 
I was like, the person you really need to be scared of is her posse that she's got behind yeah, her. Yeah, all my friends. literally hurt Light you. your like, asses up. People don't realize, like, how I can be chill. I promise you my ADHD oh. will allow me to be chill at times, okay? I am a basket case of fun. <laughs> of crazy. But it's fine. Okay, no, my fun. friends are crazy. Like, happening right now. Um, my friends are very crazy. I'm, we are. Oh. And the funniest thing is, people think Kalia's the crazy one, and we're all like, nah, bro, that's us. Shaka, hang Luke, we love you, peace out. I'm like, yo, I literally love, like, I love, I don't know why I'm like this. <laughs> I don't know why. I love arguing with people that I know. <laughs> that are wrong and Talia's like Riley stop and because then she has to get involved and that's what makes people think she's mean but like I can handle my own but Talia just she's like the biggest peacemaker like I'm a peacemaker but Talia's like Riley shut up and I'm like um, this wants to go like I have had several times in my life where Talia's like no right we're not gonna go there and I'm like but then there are times where I can get super mad to the point yes. where it scares motherfucking everyone because yeah. there's points like I am chill, but there's yeah. I, like if you set me off, there ain't no way of setting me off, like putting me back because I'll go off. Like I'm, I'm like a ticking time bomb. So, so yeah, like it's it's just one of those things. But yeah, I promise everyone, Talia is way nicer than she was. I don't know why was. we're we're talking about me. <laughs> I don't know, but Talia is like the best person you could have on your side. Me, on the other hand, I am like a, I, okay, listen, Talia is a powerhouse. She's a big old powerhouse of strength. I'm, I'm a medium powerhouse. I'm getting to her level shortly, but I am crazy when I get mad. Like, I'm like, I want to go. So maybe that's why CrossFit and boxing are really good for me. Like, people don't realize, okay. When Talia said that she's stubborn, but I'm more stubborn, she's not lying. Like, I am stubborn to the point and defiant to the point that even my own mission president would stop, laugh at me, and then keep going because he's like, oh my gosh, did Heavenly Father literally, like, just send you down early because I was born early just to get you to stop being so stubborn? I'm like, probably, but it didn't work. But, like, Talia's the nicest, chillest person you'll ever meet. On the other hand, you got me. Like, I'm super nice and sweet, but then I'm like, mess with Talia. Do it. They're like, Riley, you're five, one and a half. I'm like, five, one. Try me. I'm like, I know. Try me. They're like, okay. Relax. Yeah. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how people assume and think things. And I think that's why I made my podcast, because I just want to put out the truth about myself. But your friend is true, though. I've smoked a lot of pot that it makes me probably just a natural you know pothead. This, you know this friend, too. We've talked about this friend. I don't understand why. I do. I do. Sometimes I think I do talk like a pothead sometimes. But I do <laughs> probably act like one because I'm fucked up from all the drugs. No, and no, no, no. That's not, what they, that's not what they meant by it. They were just like, she's just so chill. No, it's true, though. I am you, fucked uh, up. True, true. Well, like there's times where I well from the smoking out of a pen can Ooh, fuck you up. Yeah. 
Oh, so, yeah. I mean, get it, T. There are times that I'm just like, oh my, I lost a million brain cells. Um, yeah, so don't do drugs, guys. If you do drugs, do them safely. If you do them, do one for me, you know, Nor drink one for me. But um, yeah, well, we're both living our best lives. I'd have to say you did re- like your your trip to California. So proud of her for going because <laughs> you needed it. And that was like, I think your first step of you finally like saying, you know, I'm going to live for myself. Right. Fuck them all. Here I am, you know, and <laughs> I think with people that listen to our podcast or my podcast, you're the co-host and that's not our, my Wait, podcast. Can I, have, like, can I have a little blurb? No. Just like a little, damn it. No, no. Ugh. When I die, you can have it. Okay, fine. <laughs> can kidding. it be like Julia's help with No, C? it doesn't work. I've already tried it and it's not going to work anyway. <laughs> Anyways, for the followers that do listen to us, sorry, we're crazy, but um, okay. I just like, I think we reach a lot of people that, you know, deal with trauma within and have a harder time accepting it and have a harder time understanding it. And their voice is more, you know, mm-hmm. behind the doors instead of out there. Cause like, you right. know me, I'm just full and out there already told my story I've already said things you know and I just I hope for those survivors that are still surviving that there is a whole world out there that you can choose if you just step through it to live you know like there's a whole other life you could be living and even if you're victimized or your victim is living his best life or she whoever it may be you still can live a best life like, you know, and I think a lot of people just, that's why I think a lot of people that live with trauma, that get into relationships and then get divorced and stuff, still have that resonating trauma. And the more you don't take care of your trauma just for yourself, the more I feel like it's going to be harder down the road to right. accept a lot of things, you know, and I'm not saying like, you're stupid or like, blah, 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 blah. I'm just saying, look out for yourself, like, love yourself before you let others love you you know or put others in front of you love yourself live for yourself so I guess the main thing is like live for yourself and be okay with living instead of surviving don't always have to choke in life learn from it grow up get better and do a better healthy coexisting or mechanisms you know so I think it's important that we live for now just because life is crazy and sometimes you're gonna go back to survivor mode because you're used to it and sometimes it's gonna be weird like survivor mode right now in my socializing life 100% with adults is is like fight or die right now because I just can't have full conversations I'm an awkward soul But, you know, it's starting to get to the point where I'm getting back to, like, talking to people, back to reality of talking to stupid adults and man-children. So it's okay. You know, you just have to get back to your comfortable spot, even though if it takes a little bit of easy and uncomfortableness. I say you because it's better to be uncomfortable than you comfortable. So, yeah.
Yeah. I agree. Like, I agree with everything that Celia said. And one of the biggest things that I do that I've learned, um, so Talia, we all know, has tattoos, and she's an inspiration. And I actually, thinking about getting a tattoo, uh, one of the things I tell my uh, kids I, I work no, for. I just what? wanted to tap. You did? Uh-oh. You're going and in it's and for out? my kids. You did? Yeah. You were going in and out there. Did. Okay. It's because we hit like an hour. It's fine. Hour twenty three minutes. I'm gonna save this. Wait, we have to we might hold on, pause. Okay. Sorry. Okay, so let me explain something. If we go over certain minutes, it'll kick us out. But I'm hoping it saved our content. Which I think it did. Okay. Because it said that it's uploading, but we just to be safe, we're gonna do two clips. But we're just gonna end it. Um, we won't be that long, but we won't. Um, but sorry, what were you saying? Sorry, everyone. I was saying. So I am thinking about getting a tattoo of oh, the yes. quote I tell all my kids of "Have courage and be kind" is from Cinderella, the live action one, where the mother goes, to, she goes, Ella, you have more kindness in the tip of your pinky than you do anybody else. And the mother's dying and she says, I need you to remember one thing. And she says, have courage and be kind. And it drove all the kids I worked for nuts because I was like, you're going to have a great day, but have courage and, and they would go be kind. Be and kind. The way I want, and then the way I want it is I have this little, this little girl holding a broken envelope and she'll be holding the dandelion as well. Um, it always goes back to Sid's Uh Last game, then the season. Anyway, back to the point. The little girl will be holding that, and off to the side, it will say, Have courage and be kind. Um, mm, I like that. I, I think tattoos you. are so awesome. I have tattoos that just tribute like all the journeys I've been through um, yeah. and just big things that are important, that have been important, and scars forever lasting scars of what I've been through, you know. And I got right. my last one. I got Stitch. Oh, I saw that. It's little Stitch and it says Ohana because it's going to be a reminder of my kids, all the kids I've worked with from the past and the future because I always tell them that they're my Ohana and that fa- we're always a family no matter who we are, different, um, autistic, anything. We treat each other with respect no matter where we are or who they are. So that's exciting. Let me know if you need a tattoo artist, come down to Vegas. I have a good one. But other than that, um, really, I appreciate you talking about and getting intimate with us. I know it's not easy, and I know, like, with you and me talking, we forget, like, it's just me and you, but it's everyone. There's a ton of people that will listen to this podcast. But, you know, um, I, we hope to hear your story more because I think, you know, stories and journeys and experiences are very important for everyone to listen to, to yeah. find inspiration, you know. So I'm excited to see our future. I know, but I'm Riley, excited too. But Riley will be more 
of a co-host. She'll be in and out of certain podcasts and then we'll invite other friends and stuff. But other than that, yay. Um, Our next podcast, I think we're going to release this later this week and then we're going to have another podcast because Riley keeps me on my toes and she actually (laughs) makes me do my podcasts. So that's also good. But our other podcast will be coming up soon um we're not gonna we... tell you what it's about though oh we're not gonna tell no. you what it's about no. <laughs> just kidding it's gonna be a little surprise no. it's gonna be a surprise because i think the more that they have to prepare of what we're gonna talk about the more like they'll be like oh i wonder what they're gonna put into here i'd rather yeah. be like what's up bitches um, i don't prepare so i know I don't she, pre- she probably prepares more than i do she no, probably stress you probably stress more than i do i'm like oh yeah podcast you're right nah I just am like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm, okay. All I'm concerned okay. about right now is it's my boy ride along. Well, like, I, I just want to meet him. Anyways, not important. Anyways. But we love you guys. We appreciate all your support on Today Hope's podcast. Um, please look for this release date. It'll probably be either Friday. Please listen to our first podcast together. It just dropped today um so keep supporting us we don't want to be famous we don't want to go big but we love you guys and we hope you guys have a good day and we'll see you guys again all right love you guys see you soon bye guys bye